violence is on the rise in our hospital system, not just violence against paramedics from drug addicts on ice, something that we've reported here in horrible detail on 12.33, and not just violence inside the emergency departments of hospitals in the big cities, something that we've heard quite regularly reported after shocking weekends. Today, the Nurses and Midwives Association is reporting a growing incidence of violence throughout all the wards of a hospital and throughout not just the urban centres, but throughout regional and rural hospitals. They say it's getting desperate and they want the Minister to do something about it. Judith Kadar is Acting General Secretary of the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. Welcome to 12.33, Judith. Hi, how are you? Good. Look, Judith, violence inside all parts, all wards of the hospital, what sorts of things are we talking about? The two um, primary, the main one obviously is emergency departments. Uh, the next one, next cab off the rank is often maternity units. And then um, the rest of the hospital is not nearly as prevalent, but it does happen. Violence in maternity units? Hang on, I thought maternity units would be havens of uh, love and calm, well, apart from the mother giving birth. Mm. Well, unfortunately, there's a... a, and we've known this in the last year, is there's a rise in domestic violence and, unfortunately, just being pregnant doesn't guarantee that you're going to escape that. And uh, we do hear some stories about, you know, people that have got AVOs out against them trying to get in and the lengths they will go to get in and then sometimes they do get in and, yes, and wreak havoc. Um, so, but the, the the main issue, obviously, is the emergency departments because that's where the police will drop off the people that are, you know, obviously under the influence of whatever substance and their and, and the substances of today obviously increase aggression. Yes, we've reported that over the last year and it does seem to be on the rise and uh, what mm. your association is saying this morning confirms that it is spreading. But I do just want to go back to that uh, reference to uh, Labor wards. Uh, what you're saying seems to be that the broader rise in domestic violence that has been unfortunately reported in Australia is spreading into the hospital. Absolutely. And that's been forever, really, but um, it's just on the increase. And I don't know whether it's to do with our, just our general society or, or what's the story, but it's definitely on the increase and um, puts everybody at risk. And I'm really pleased to hear that the Minister has finally heard uh, the situation and is now going to do something about it. I just hope that everything is on the table and that this is not just governed by the budget bottom line. It's actually about the safety of people. Well, we are hearing, yes, uh, reports of uh, you know some gestures towards hospital security personnel. But are you? Do you have thoughts on what more needs to be done uh, specifically for the nursing and and midwife staff inside our hospitals? Well, obviously the nursing and midwife staff make up the majority of any health service, but, you know, there's always the ancillary staff and the medical staff as well. 
But it's also about the visitors and the other patients. That incident that happened in emergency at Nepean last week wasn't just about the people involved. It was actually about the, the bystanders, the other patients in their beds who could hear what was going on and see all the blood and wonder what on earth they were involved in. And that has an incredible effect on those people. And I just even wonder if that's even going to be considered in the overall, um, you know, look at what the current situation is. Judith, I'm sorry, can you remind us what happened in Nepean? Your listeners would probably be aware that uh, a fortnight ago, no, just over a week ago, actually, um, at Nepean Hospital, um, uh, an ICE-affected patient just went ballistic and was able to get retrieve the gun out of the policeman's holster and shoot both the policeman and uh, a security person. And had had that policeman not been actually physically in a hospital when it happened, he would have died because the bullet went through his femoral artery. So, you know, this is really serious stuff. Judith Kadaya with me, Acting General Secretary of the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. Uh, you, you're putting this to the Minister. You want some uh, serious uh, action here. And, and, well, I guess this is not going to be the end of it, is it? Well, it, the, the problem is that it's happening every day, so we need to get going pretty soon. But I, I would like to say to your listeners that it's increasingly, it's increasingly occurring in the rural areas. And um, for some odd reason, they're deciding to only have security personnel in a lot of places on Thursday, Friday and Saturday night. Well, you know, people get violent on Sunday through Wednesday as well. And I just, and, and then, of course, you share, in those smaller towns, you share the police resources with other towns. Now, it's not anybody's fault. It's just the way the system is, but the system has to change. What can we do, Judith? Well, we, obviously, if there are not enough personnel to for, for police to cover the towns appropriately, then they're going to have to escalate the numbers. And I've been told over my many years of negotiating with the ministry that, Judith, you can't staff for the what-ifs, but we're in a situation of what-ifs. And if, you know, what price is a life? What price is maiming somebody forever? I think we have to maybe go, the pendulum has to swing right the other way in this instance, and then we'll come back. And those security personnel that are in hospitals need to have the appropriate powers to intervene. At the moment, all they're allowed to do is um, observe and report. Well, what use is that? Just watch the, you know, the carry-on and the the disasters that are occurring. and um, So what are you saying there, Judith, that uh, security personnel on uh, in-hospital systems need to have uh, broader powers to do what? Ab- absolutely. They've got to be able to at least sit on these people, but at the moment they're not allowed to touch them. You know, like I'm not saying everybody has to carry a gun or anything like that. What I'm saying is that the security personnel that they have there have to be allowed to keep the place secure. And I I was just telling somebody yesterday, when I was a student in the United States in 1970, in the middle of race riots, our school had armed guards in the corridor. Like, I'm not saying that's where we have to go. but That'd be terrible to go there. It would be horrible, but the situation is we've at least got to give our security personnel some powers to actually restrain 
those people that are out of hand. The problem is that those people have superhuman abilities and um, in a, the situation that happened in Scone, it took seven people to restrain that people, that um, person when he got out of hand. So it's real. And, and the other thing in rural and regional, not so much regional, but in rural facilities, you only have minimum staffing and you often only have two registered nurses on a, an emergency department at night. What hope have they got? to try and keep everybody safe. Judith, okay, so you're talking very specifically there about giving more power and capacity to security personnel because right now in our hospitals they're not even allowed to touch somebody who's uh, in, in, engaging in some form of violence. That's right. Okay, Judith, it's 12 away from 9 on 12.33 uh, ABC Newcastle. Uh, just hearkening back to that terrible incident in Scone where a drug-induced patient ripped a door off. Um, gosh, how did people cope? Well, you know, there, and, you know, there were two middle-aged women uh, on duty. You know, what hope have they got? Thank God the injuries were um, not life-threatening, but the psychological injury must be unbelievable. And I just wonder what cost that is to the health system. I think people make decisions on um, staffing arrangements on a, you know, just on the budget for the next year or whatever. But the bottom line is these costs of people that are affected you know, go on for years and years and years, and that is a cost to the health system that's not being measured. This is Judith Kadaya. She uh, Kadar, sorry. She's acting general secretary of the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. With me, Jill Emerson on twelve thirty-three, ABC Newcastle. Uh, Judith, look, uh, just a, a brief question to wrap up. A former nurse has phoned in to say, um, "Why aren't doctors protesting and showing support to nurses?" Your response. They are. They're just not, you know, they're not on the radio doing it, but they are definitely supporting. And, uh, in fact, we, the health unions involved in public health, which includes the doctors, um, are committed to working together with Minister Skinner on this. So the doctors are, are absolutely supporting us in this. Thank you so much for spending this considerable time with us this morning. I think you've really shone a light on something I certainly wasn't aware of. It's uh, the extent of it and the specific things that you're calling for. We'll certainly follow it up. Thanks for being on 1233 ABC Newcastle. Thank you.